Charles. Welcome to Association Rockstars, where we hear about the journey and insights of amazing association executives and partners who are building the association industry of tomorrow. My name is Lowell Applebaum. I'm your host and I'm the CEO of the Stacova, where we partner with organizations on strategy, governance, and great facilitation. It's my absolute pleasure to have with me today, Jeff Brown, CAE. He is the Chief Executive Officer of the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. He's also the past chair of Association Forum in Chicago. And at his work, he's responsible for implementing the association's strategic framework, leading external relations, ensuring its operational success. We are so happy to have you with us today, Jeff. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Lowell. I really look forward to it. Well, we like to start with a fun question, uh, and I swear at some point we'll do customized costumes to go along with the answer. <laughs> but we do believe that rock stars in their own right have acquired, grown, been born with innate skills that help them succeed. And we love to just start with an open question, though, as you think about that skill set, what is one superpower that you have? What's one place that you really shine? You know, I'd love to say it was being able to function on minimal sleep, but I think that's just a, a you know a habit of life. Um, but I think for my superpower, it's really about having a, a positive attitude and an outlook on life. You know, I look back over the last 15 months, and you know, it's never been more important to be positive, keep your eye focused on what's coming ahead, and just be the cheerleader in chief. How, uh, as you work with varied leaders or even your own staff, I imagine not everyone comes to the table positive. Uh, how do you find your own positivity is something that you're able to leverage to bring it out in others? You know, it, it really comes down to being able to model the way, you know, if people see that you're staying positive, even in the face of difficult circumstances or a lot of uncertainty, I find that it's kind of infectious. You know, if you're, if you're looking positive on things, then others are going to start to say, Hey, maybe I'm not viewing this the right way. And it's yeah. never been more important than now to, to have that positive outlook on life and try to bring people along with you coming out of the past 15 months, uh, you, whether you look at leadership or look at our associations in general, what's the positive outlook that you're bringing? What are you, what are you seeing that makes you hopeful for the future of our field? You know, I mean, just thinking about our own communities, just the, the genuine desire that people have to want to get back in person with one another. You know, at its core, associations are about bringing people together. And that's probably the most positive thing that's on the horizon for me. You know, we've had a difficult couple of years uh, but we're on looking on the horizon and things are, are very, very promising for us. Yeah. Maybe actually get to do one of these in person someday. It would be so, so much fun. <laughs> well, that was honestly the hardest part of the last 15 months. You know, for me, the in-person aspect was one of the highlights of my job and it got a little less fun because we couldn't do that. You know, yeah. virtual was a nice replacement for a short period of time. But I'm really looking forward to seeing our members. I'm looking forward to seeing my peers, people like you at ASAE events, forum events, because that's really where I get my creative professional juices is from, you know, riding off everybody else's coattails and figuring out what they're doing and how we can emulate it. Well, I'm interested. I mean, I know that your uh, past chair of forum, uh, I think you said your, your chairmanship just ended earlier this year. Uh, and so we've said many times, and I get the question to ask one, clearly uh, when you raised your hand uh, and were selected to be chair, this wasn't the year of chairmanship that I'm sure that you were picturing you were gonna have. Uh, and so any life lessons, reflections on, you know, this is the year of leadership that Warren needed and how you, how you tackled it? Yeah, you know, it was really about 
going with the punches. I never, I don't think anybody would have imagined that we would have dealt with the things that we've dealt with over the last 15 months. But, you know, I'm a firm believer that it was an experience that was career making, career building, you know, personal development uh, was a, a key component of it. Um, and, you know, I, I really feel like we had the right people sitting around that table at the right time to do what we needed to do for Forum. Um, and so for me, it really was walking away from this experience and thinking about, you know, having the right team in place is really what's going to make any leader a success. Yeah. How did you approach being the chair at the time in terms of the organization's strategy uh, and having to decide where to steady as she goes, where to pivot? Like, how did you approach in, in partnership, of course, with the, with the CEO, uh, how to make sure that you were headed the right direction in a time of uncertainty? Yeah, I mean, it was always about, you know, breaking things up into to shorter duration chunks, looking for those areas of opportunity, you know, right at the outset, the first thing that we did was engage in some scenario planning, and that gave us the, the foresight to be able to chart out the course that we wanted to follow for the year. But then we also dove right in, we said to ourselves, let's not waste a good crisis. So we went all in on some significant strategy development, uh, reinventing the business model of the organization and just engaged a broader group of leadership, you know, on the board, external to the board to really have the dialogue that we needed to in order to make sure that Forum comes out of this uh, a better organization than when we went in. You know, and part of that was making sure that Michelle Mason and I had a solid partnership, but then also the other members of the executive committee. I spent a lot of time with Paul Pomerantz and Kim Mosley and Denise Froming, uh, just re and Mitch Dvorak. You know, it really was a team effort to make sure that we were doing the right thing for Forum as an organization, but then the right thing for Forum as a, a membership community. Do you find that the same approaches you took as chairs Forum, how did they either transfer over or how are they learning lessons uh, for the organization where you're CEO? Well, it was really interesting because it was like we were traveling in parallel paths. I would have one conversation with my volunteer hat on from a forum perspective. And then, you know, a week later, days later, I'm having the same conversation just in a different role professionally with the volunteer leadership of our organization. So it really was a great coincidence to be able to have those same experiences and then dovetail with one another in such a meaningful way. You know, from the description you give of the, the partnerships you had there in the leadership, uh, but you also talk about the broader connections that were needed. I'm wondering how you tackled communication during this time. I mean, clearly things were shifting, you were building scenarios, which means you were trying, you were experimenting uh, as a leadership. Uh, as we are emerging this time of pandemic, is there anything uh, in bringing your positivity uh, that you see in the communication approaches that you have found to be the most effective in terms of connecting with fellow leaders or with membership? You know, I, I think this was one of those situations where it was good to over communicate. You know, it took us away from some of that. Let's be disciplined about the message. You know, we knew what we wanted to say. We knew how we were going to say it, um, but we had to play a little fast and loose sometimes. It yeah. meant doing a lot more video. It meant doing, you know, member town halls. It meant, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities that we have where people weren't commuting, where they may have had an extra hour in their day and just giving them an opportunity to connect with each other, to connect with leadership. You know, pandemic aside, there were some very significant events that happened over the last year. And we wanted to have 
thoughtful conversations around the social issues that happened last year, but we didn't want them to be one-offs. You know, we wanted to make sure that we were programming in a very meaningful way and that it was taking a long-term arc and that it was connected to what we wanted to do from a, a community standpoint. You know, Forum was built upon this idea of creating a welcoming environment. And so that just gave us an opportunity to really bring that to life. The same thing happened within NAPFA. You know, we started convening regular conversation circles with our members. They were sometimes about, you know, issues related to what was happening in the world. There were sometimes they were about issues related to the profession of financial planning, but it was yeah. just an opportunity for us to create spaces and opportunities and experiences for us to connect with members, you know, one-on-one -on -one, with groups, with each other. And it was just a really great time for us. You know, you are clearly fluent in both the work of volunteerism and the work of your organization. And so this beautiful blend of leadership, how'd you first start your journey in the association world? Like where, where did, how'd you fall into it? How'd you choose it? Like you, you, you clearly come to a place of mastery of it. Um, you know, I, I am kind of that accidental career association professional. Um, you know, I was fortunate that I really didn't have a life plan coming out of college. And so my senior year, I had an opportunity to go work for the, North American Interfraternity Conference down in Indianapolis. It's the Trade Association for Men's Fraternities. And, you know, I just had a great boss down there that really was about creating opportunities for everybody that worked for him to grow. You know, he didn't just say, you're gonna work on this one aspect of the association. It was, you're gonna work on this and I'm gonna give you exposure to this and I'm gonna give you exposure to this. And I'm just gonna make sure that I, I sponsor you and help you to understand you know, what your true potential is. And so because of those experiences, you know, I got to work in membership. I got to work with our foundation section. I got to do some light meaning planning. I did some education work. And, you know, I think that experience really showed me that association management is a profession. You know, I had yeah. this master plan that I was going to go back to law school, that I would probably end up in DC as a lobbyist or something like that. Um, but, you know, that, that experience just charted me on a path to being an association professional. And so, you know, from Indianapolis, I went and spent some time at uh, Smith Buckland and then to an, another AMC. And, you know, I've been with NAPFA since 2013. Yeah, I think we're all glad that you didn't go become a lobbyist and that you're here. So <laughs> we, appreciate, we appreciate that life decision. Uh, you know, you speak about your, the your supervisor, your boss in an interesting context. So at once there's the supervisor responsibilities. And then I felt like I was hearing indications of almost mentorship and then you also brought to light sponsorship of like trying to give you introduction and i'm wondering you know that as such a multifaceted example how has that shaped your career or how do you try to learn from that or replicate that for your own staff you know everything that john did as kind of my first boss out of college you know he was a ex-army guy irs agent you know, spent time in government and, you know, taking over as CEO of the NIC was kind of his retirement career, if you will. Um, but he just had a really firm ethos about helping people to see the best in themselves and to, to manifest that in reality. And so that was just something that I took away from that experience, you know, that I'm going to be successful if the people around me are successful. And part of that success comes from helping to create opportunities for them to shine, helping them to understand where there are gaps in their skill sets, where there's opportunities for them to grow, helping to challenge them to, to do bigger and better things. And so that's just something that I've tried to do with everybody that I've worked with over the last 20 years. So if you were in a conversation with someone that was five, 10 years into their career and looking to grow and succeed, what would be the lesson out of that that you would try to impart to them in terms of how to approach either how they act or how they 
are involved uh, so that they can see success in this mantra? You know, I, I think it's really about building relationships, yeah. becoming a well-rounded specialist, <laughs> seeking, for op seeking opportunities that are outside of your comfort zone and outside of what you would normally think to be the things you would do for your career path. Um, you know, I never imagined that I would be an association CEO, but if you look back over the last few years, I unintentionally lined myself up with experiences that contributed to getting me to this place. And yeah. so, you know, I always just try to recount to, to others that I, I, that I work with or mentor uh, what those experiences look like and try to get them to think about what is that journey going to look like for them individually. How would you, I mean, since you're saying it, I'm interested, what are one or two of those key experiences that inadvertently lined you up to become a CEO? <laughs> wow, wow. Um, you know, I, I think, you said it, I'm interested. <laughs> you said you were going to ask questions. Uh, you know, I think it was really looking for, you know, some non-traditional educational experiences, trying to put myself in the situations uh, where there were people who didn't do the same things that I did, but did things that I wanted to learn more about. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm not a marketing professional, but I started hanging out with a lot of marketing people just to learn more about how they think, how they contribute to the success or failure of an enterprise. Um, you know, I was really fortunate when I worked at Smith Buckland that I worked with technology user groups. And so we got a lot of exposure to some really large corporate entities, how their marketing and events and planning departments and strategy uh, yeah. entities functioned. And so just really trying to absorb as much as you possibly can. You may not think that it has any application to the work that you're doing as an association professional, but it always does. You can yeah. always bring it back. And so I think it's trying to find those little nuggets those little opportunities to learn. You know, if you're an association professional and you're going to a conference or an event and you have the time and the space, don't just hang out at the reg desk, go to sit in a session, learn yeah. something new, really take in the information. Not only does it connect you to your members, but it'll ultimately contribute to your own career development and, and growth. Well, like the, the frame you use, uh, I think everyone in our industry can relate to that your title in no way describes the full scope of... <laughs> Jobs as assigned or as needed has often a, lo a longer list sometimes than not. Yeah, when, uh, when we're done today, I'm going to be the IT director. <laughs> well, we could we could uh, have a separate conversation about that one. Uh, you know, I am curious because clearly you seek experience and knowledge from places of growth, uh, and I imagine you know form involvement and the in-person networking is one component of that. Uh, as you think about your growth from where you are today, is there Anything that you read or listen to, like where are you, where are you looking to continue to seek and develop yourself? Like, are there any places that you're tuning into that you find interesting and helpful in your career growth? Yeah, you know, I'm a, a big consumer of you know the fast companies, the Inc. magazines, just trying to stay on top of what's you know hot and happening when it comes to business trends, things of that nature. Um, you know, I usually look to podcasts to kind of distract me because that's where I find find my think time, if you will. Um, and so I, I listen to a lot of like food and, and business podcasts that just kind of aren't necessarily in the space that we're in. But yeah. it gives me time to think about, OK, I'm not really listening, but I'm listening and then thinking about how does that apply to NAFTA. Um, and then it's just really around finding that group of individual association professionals, maybe some that aren't in the association space that you can have that connection with and you all can go through your career and business journeys together. You 
know, I, I think about my small group that we've been together probably about two and a half years, kind of happened by accident. Yeah. Um, but we're all around the same age. Um, you know, we've all been in the field around, in our fields respectively, around 15, 20 years. Um, we don't have any overlap, meaning there are no other association professionals in the group, which is, yeah. is great because it doesn't, it means that I'm getting exposed to what's happening in other industries. And so that's really where I find a lot of my creative juices. I like that. I have a, a similar without group and then a within association industry group. The hard balance there is I always want to use my kitchen cabinet to go get a meal when you're like, no, I should be networking and meeting other people. Of, those things. of course, you know, the, I guess I'll ask this one more question then we'll start to wrap up, you know, along the, along the journey, along the way, uh, is there anyone that stands out as an additional mentor or an example for you uh, that, you know, as you reflect on the career you have had and career you want to have, that comes to mind as a, a real standout shining light of someone to either learn from or emulate that there's a story there. You know, I, I mentioned John, who was my first boss, you know, as a, a 22 year old new professional, um, I couldn't have thought of a, a better example of this is who I should be as a, a grown up association professional. Um, but then, you know, I, I've just been super fortunate, um, you know, being a volunteer with Forum, being in and around this community, you know, you never stop learning. And, you know, this past year, just being around the forum board of directors, the executive committee, Michelle, I mean, I was lucky. I, I had 13 mentors. Yeah. Um, you know, they may not look at it that way. We probably didn't think about it that way, but just seeing how everybody is so thoughtful in their own individual journeys and the way that they, they manage and lead their organizations and conduct themselves, you know, in public. There was just so many lessons to be learned from what those individuals are doing. And so I'll be, I'm really, really thankful to have had those experiences because, you know, at 21 years in the field, you probably thought, start thinking to yourself, well, I've got it all figured out. Well, it was just a constant reminder that, no, I don't have it all figured out, but I've yeah. got 13 examples standing around me of things that I can do differently, things I can do better that will ultimately help me as a professional, but then impact this community. Well, the... The moment that you have it all figured out sounds like when you start to get bored. So <laughs> we have we have to keep it interesting and exciting. And we know where that leads. <laughs> we, we do. Well, spe speaking of, uh, the time always goes by quickly in these conversations. And so we'd like to wrap with this one. You know, when we think years and years hence uh, at the time at which you choose to pursue something that is not within the association realm, you know, from the contributions that you've made from uh, the energy you've put in, what is the legacy that you hope to leave behind? Uh, you know, I, I really just hope that wherever I've worked, that people will say the organization is better because of Jeff's time there. Mm -hmm. uh, or wherever I was involved, people will say the organization was better off because of Jeff's time there. And that's a combination of leadership, stewardship, being a champion for others, and then just being a courageous agent for change. Yeah. You know, it would be easy for me to say, like, I want someone to talk about me the way that I talk about John Williamson. Um, and I think that that would be a fitting and sound legacy that I could be proud of at the end of my career. Well, uh, certainly rock stars is better for you having been on it. So thank you for coming on today for sharing a little bit of your story uh, and sharing your perspectives. It's been really wonderful. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, as always, thank you to Amy Hager for helping to make all the magic happen and to everyone here who's tuning in. Uh, Rockstars is meant to be a dialogue and a conversation, so hopefully you've been chatting it up 
on the Facebook page, uh, on the YouTube, listening to the podcast uh, so that you can learn from each of our brilliant guests, suggest who our next brilliant guest should be. Until next time, Association Lock. Mm-hmm.